I can remember one time I couldn't get a, a, a furnace fixed, and so I called the company, uh, the Beckett company. I said, I have this situation with a boiler going on. Can you help me? So they told me, well, try this, try this, try this. And I said, okay, I'll do that. And he said, hey, by the way, if this works, call me back and tell me. Because they didn't know either. Ever since the Savior found me Not the same Since He turned my life around My sin has been covered by His blood Praise His name, I'm not the same Not the same Ever since the Savior found me Not the same Since He turned my life around My sin has been covered by His blood Forgiven through and through My past has been erased Through Jesus I am free And by His saving grace There's been a change in me Not the same Ever since the Savior found me Not the same Since He turned my life around My sin has been covered by His blood Praise His name I'm not the same world and its ways. He renews my spirit with mercy every day. He gives me peace of mind and life abundantly. I won't be turning back. I've tasted victory. Not the same ever since the Savior found me. I'm not the same. Not the same since he turned he my turned life around. My, my sin has been, has been covered by his blood. Colossians chapter 1. 
Colossians 1, verses 9 through 18. This is last week we talked, the title of the message was Let's Go for a Walk. This is Let's Go for a Walk 2, part 2. And uh, this is the last time, and it's my intention, this is the last time we'll talk in this vein. But obviously it's the first of the year, this is January. And I hope that it's your desire to walk with the Lord in 2024. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 9 says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to the glorious power unto all the patience and long-suffering with joy with joyfulness giving thanks unto the father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. This is a powerful portion of Scripture. That in all things, all things, you might have the preeminence. And I hope that in our lives, as we walk with you and we talk with you, that you are the foremost, highest thing, person, being, presence that we think of, that we are never alone, that we are always understanding that it is you that directs our paths. Help us this morning to understand this walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The idea of walking with God is, an, is old, as old as the Bible itself. Songs have been written. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way, what he says we will do, where he sends we will go, never fear, only trust and obey, walking with the Lord. The cathedral quartet, every now and then if you need a, uh, if, if you're a baby boomer, if you need a lift, I know the younger generation seems to go for different, I'm an old southern gospel guy. And I get down in front of my computer and I just start bringing up quartet songs and, and uh, it just gives me a charge that I, I absolutely enjoy. The Cathedral Quartet sings a song, Walk With Me, Walk With Me. Lest mine eyes no longer see all the glory, all the story of your love. Talk to me, talk to me like you spoke so tenderly when you talked there, when you walked there by the sea. And the chorus is, let me follow in the footsteps that trod the shore of Galilee. Let me learn to pray like he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Take my hand, take my hand. Teach me, Lord, to understand all the duty, all the beauty of your love. So obviously songs have been written. There's just each step I take. I know that he goes before me. And just so many songs that you can think of if you grew up in church in our hymn book. 
Also, when we, in God's word, there are many passages, I'll give you a few of them, but when we baptize a new believer, buried in the light of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. That's part of the Christian belief, is that we're going to walk with the Lord. The Apostle Paul has many references to it in the letters that he wrote. Romans chapter 8, walk after the Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, walk by faith and not by sight. Galatians 5.16, walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 4.1, walk in love. Ephesians 5.15, walk circumspectly. Colossians 1.10, in our text this morning, walk worthy. Colossians 2.6, walk uprightly. Walking uprightly reminds me of an epitaph that was on a tombstone. Here lies John Auricular, who with the Lord walked perpendicular. So think about that one a little bit. So... Colossians chapter 4 says walk in wisdom, and 1 Thessalonians 4 says walk in honesty. So, and there's just so many references to walking. Those are just a few that the Apostle Paul talked about. So what happens when we walk together? Well, Amos 3.3 asks the question, can two walk together except they be agreed? You and I know for a fact that if you spend time enough with someone, you will eventually become like them. You can't help it, okay? Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. But number one, when I'm walking with someone, friendships are made. There was a time in my life where there was this younger lady that came over to my house spending time there. I was much older than her, and um, I told her, I said, if you continue to come over here and spend time we will develop feelings for one another, and that could be a problem. I ended up marrying that girl. So there is a danger of spending too much time with someone, or there can be great benefits to it. For me, that young lady wasn't smart enough to run when I said that, and so, so there's, it just occurred to me, there was an old country song, uh, I didn't know whether to f- stay or run, so I ended up marrying her because I did neither one. That was the lyrics to that song, and if you're old enough, you can remember that. But anyway, so here we are. When you walk with someone, friendships are made with Christ. Remember, we become like who we spend time with. Humanly, if we spend time together, I have changed Emily, and Emily has changed me. That's how it works. We come, she says, for the better for you. Yes, yeah. So you're so much more talented than when I first married you. That's got to be for me, you know? So don't you think? Everybody says, wow, your wife is so talented. I say, yes, I've been working with her for 22 years, you know? So, but you and I know that we do, we change each other. But when you walk with Christ, does Christ change? No, 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 no. I am the Lord, I change not. Christ does not change. So who's changing? You and I are, which is good, because we want to become more like Christ. So friendships with Christ is the number one thing. I want to be more like Christ. When someone, you and I don't know what Christ looks like. So when they meet us, the greatest thing we can do is to portray Christ to them. So when they see us, hopefully they see Christ. Because you and I should be spending so much time with him, we start to walk, talk, think, act, speak like Christ. 
We want to spend time with him. Friendships are made by with Christ, and also friendships are made by those which know Christ. If you look around this morning, and you see everybody sitting here in this church, 99% of you I would never have known but for Christ. We wouldn't be here. If not for Christ, the church would not exist. If not for salvation, why would we even talk about coming to church? Everything we do this morning, the relationships that we have made, for the most part for the Christian, if not for Christ, we wouldn't even know each other. Now you can blame the Lord for your relationships or you can thank him for them. But however it is, we're here this morning because we walked with the Lord, and in walking with the Lord, he brought us to the Cornerstone Baptist Church, and at the Cornerstone Baptist Church, we met other people who we have developed lifelong friendships with. I could point out people that, you know, I'll just take a second. The Hopkins over there used to own a furniture store. I have furniture in my house from their store. I have gained 20 pounds because of Donna Humphrey's parents' recipe for maple fudge that my wife can make. Like, oh my word, it's like meth. You eat that and you can't stop. You know, it's, it's incredible. Should I have said meth from the pulpit? You know? So, so, Micah Grant down here, I wouldn't know him but for his dad, but for the Lord. We had our first... Kevin Grant Sunday, we call it that now. And Kevin Grant Sunday is the Sunday we honor other preachers and stuff. And, and uh, basically met Micah through that, you know. And I could go on and on and on about people. George Allen, he, I didn't know George. George was a Blackhawk pilot. I tell everybody I know a guy that flies Blackhawk helicopters, you know. And, and, and George looks so big and tough, he's scary, you know. And so <laughs> I can remember when we had... Um, uh, Colonel Russell here, and I picked him up at the airport, and of course he's the one that was responsible for his unit catching Saddam Hussein. I have his book in my office entitled, We Got Him. And so I'm looking for this soldier that I'm thinking would make you know, Ryan Dearborn look small. And, and I'm, so I'm looking for this guy in the airport as he's coming in, because I'm going to pick him up on his ride. And, and so I'm looking at all the big guys, and I'm saying, Colonel Russell? Colonel Russell, and they're looking at me like, who is this guy here? And in comes, finally, I found him, and he wasn't that big at all. He was just another guy that God used, has a tremendous testimony. But I'd never have met Stephen Russell if not for Jesus Christ. And you, if you think about it this afternoon while you're having your macaroni and cheese and hot dogs, you can think of all of the people that you have met because of the Lord. We have made great friendships because of walking with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So we have that to remember. Number one, I've made a friendship as I walk with Christ. I've made friendships as I've met other people that are believers in Christ. And not only that, hopefully, if you and I are doing our job, we are making friendships and meeting people that need Christ. And by that, I say this. One of the great things that happens when a new believer comes to Christ is that once they realize what they have in Christ, you don't keep that a secret. You start inviting people, telling people about Christ, bringing them to church, having them find out what you have already found out, 
that a life in Christ is when life starts living, when it really starts getting good. And so as we walk with Christ and we meet Christ and we have friends with Christ, one of the great things we do is that we attract other people to Christ. And if all you're doing, Christian, is hanging out with other Christians, you are missing the Great Commission to go out and reach the lost. The greatest thing we can do, the greatest, no, the, the greatest worship we can give God Almighty is to talk about His goodness and bring others to Him so that they too can worship. It's, it's incredibly important. Walking with the Lord, what do we get? Well, number one, we get friendships are made. Not only are our friendships made, um, faith is strengthened. Experiences are remembered. I want you to know that every test is a building block of your faith. And I just, as I started the message this morning, and if you're watching this by a recording, you didn't hear me talk about some of the things that are going on in our church. But I, I will be the first to admit to you that it seems like most of the time I don't know what God is doing. Now, I'm not, it's not a lack of faith on my part. It's probably a lack of understanding. You ask God for wisdom. You try to figure out, Lord, what are you doing here? A gentleman in Portland, part of our church family, fighting for his life. Too young for that. Wife and kids. I don't know what God is doing. We have folks in the hospital that I, every time I, I hear about a doctor looking at someone and they can't understand what is causing, I am reminded that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And doctors have yet to figure out what's going on on the internals of this here and your body. I love what Harold Duff used to say. There's another guy I never would have known not for Christ, but Harold Duff used to say, doctors, he says, you love them. He says, they, they go get their license, and then they practice. You know? And boy, isn't that the truth. No, no offense to any doctors in the room or those that might be listening, but sometimes it does feel like they're practicing on us, trying to figure this out. I can remember one time I couldn't get a, a, a furnace fixed, and so I called the company, uh, Beckett Company. I said, I have this situation with a boiler going on. Can you help me? So they told me, well, try this, try this, try this. And I said, okay, I'll do that. And he said, hey, by the way, if this works, call me back and tell me. Because <laughs> they didn't know either. But I want you to know, if you are going through a time in your life right now, or you have been, that helps. Or you will be, that's scary. Make up your mind that you're going to trust the Lord. No matter how it goes, and I'm going to close with this concept, but I do know this, that in hindsight, in the trials that I have been through, I now stand in a position where I can see the goodness of God, even though you could not see it at the time. I want you to know, walking with the Lord, your faith is strengthened. And it's strengthened by trials. Not only is your faith strengthened by experiences, it's also faith, it's strengthened by eyewitness accounts. 
Well, every now and then, now not often, but every now and then you see God do something and then you see it. Now, I know that there's a saying, believing is seeing. Seeing isn't believing. Everybody goes, show me, show me, show me, show me, like they're from Missouri. I got to see, you got to see, you got to see. Well, you know what? God doesn't always show us what we want to see. Isn't that true? But I'll tell you this. It's nice to see something once in a while. I like to see the goodness of God every now and then. Now, I don't require that all the time, but every now and then you can see, you know what? The Lord stepped in and I saw it. Don't tell me there's not a God. So obviously, our faith is strengthened by experiences. Our faith is also experienced by, strengthened by eyewitness accounts. So walking with the Lord, friendships are made, faith is strengthened. Not only that, our future is secure. Our future is secure as you walk with the Lord. Now, really when we're talking about our walk with Christ, we are talking about our life, our work, our resources, our eternity. It's all banking on the truth of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. But you know, we live in a dangerous world. There are things going on in society that there is a report I just read this morning, as a matter of fact. Some financial advisor is saying there's going to be the greatest financial catastrophe that the country has ever seen this year in 2024. Now, they say that because they got some program they want you to buy into so that you won't, and maybe it would work, maybe it wouldn't. So a lot of times, scare tactics are thrown out to scare you to do desperate things. A Christian should never have to do a desperate thing. That's not how it is. We know our future is secure, okay? We know who's in charge. But honestly, you wonder how the future is going to go. If you don't, you're strange. I think about that at times. I wonder how my demise will come about. You'd like to think we'll all go up in the rapture. But you know what? Those that have gone on before me thought they would go up in the rapture. I think we will. I think we're close. But I don't know that. I was talking to someone recently, a businessman, talking about a 95-year-old that had passed away. And he described him as he outlived his friends and he outlived his money. And I thought, that's an interesting thing to say. He outlived his friends because at 95, they all died before him. And then he lived to be 95, he lived longer than the resources that he had, so he outlived his money. And I thought, wow, I don't, isn't, that, isn't that a strange way to describe the life of someone? He outlived his friends and he outlived his money. Well, I want you to know in Christ, I'm not going to outlive my friends. My friends have gone on before me, and I'm going to see him again. And the ones that I leave behind are going to be just fine. They'll be fine. But it's important to recognize that your future is secure. Listen to this. Have you ever heard of John Livingston? He was the brother of the famous missionary David Livingston. John died one of the richest men in Ontario. The two boys grew up together in a simple Scottish home, and both were under the same instruction. The time came when both boys made decisions to follow Christ. John lived in luxury and died in wealth. David died in a miserable hut in Africa. When John died, a brief note was put in the newspaper telling that he was the brother of David Livingston. 
the well-known missionary to Africa. Isn't that interesting? Just the opposite of what the world would say would work. So I want you to know that walking with Christ is a decision that you need to make. Say, okay, Stan, I've, I, I, I think I can see the, the benefits of walking with the Lord. I want to do that. How do I start? Well, it starts, number one, by recognizing the person of Christ. See, the Bible says, He that comes to God must believe that He is, and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Jesus Christ was God who came in the flesh, lived 33 years on this earth, a sinless, perfect life, gave His life for you and I, He died, was buried, three days later, rose again. Now, after 40 days of staying on this earth, he went and he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's taking up for you and I. And in the throne room of heaven, it's a strange thing that takes place, but what can happen is Satan comes in as an accuser of the brethren. And he loves to tell stories about us. And he wants to go to God the Father and say that Stan Griffin, he's a liar, he's a loser, he doesn't live the life he says that he's talking about. And I want you to know that he's not worth the shoes that he wears. Now, whether that's true or not, let me tell you what. Satan is the liar and the father of it. Don't you think for a second he's going to stand before God and tell the truth about you. He's going to try to throw anything up there that'll stick. But on the other hand, if it is true, and we are not condoning sin, but if it is true, my heavenly father... And Jesus Christ sits beside him. And as my advocate, Jesus looks at Satan and he looks at his father and he says, I know Stan Griffin. Stan Griffin's a friend of mine. And that's not Stan Griffin. And he stands up for me when nobody else will. Why? Because Christ shed his blood on the cross so that my sins could be forgiven. And though I am a sinner... It is under the blood of Jesus Christ, and his blood cleanses all sins. And if you'll put your faith and trust in him and recognize the person of Jesus Christ, then that's the first start. Okay, I recognize that Christ is there, and he matters to me. Now, I've recognized the person of Christ. I need to recognize his presence in my life. Once I trust Christ as my personal Savior, he comes in. He says he'll never leave me or forsake me. I am never alone. Never alone. Another song we used to sing. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me. He'll keep me for his own. No, never alone. No, never alone. I know. I've missed my calling. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. So you're never alone in Christ. He's always there. Now, remember, he's always there. Did you hear me? He's always there. That ought to affect your behavior a little bit. Because a lot of times we think we can get away with certain things. No, no, Christ is right there. Guys, you're looking at some things you ought not to be looking at because your wife's not in the room. No, no, Christ is in the room. He's right there. Ladies, you're saying some things about your husband because your husband's not there and you're just talking to the other girls? No, 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 no. No. Christ is right there. And anything else, you know, every now and then you see a Christian that has gone off the deep end. You know what happened? They forgot the presence of Jesus Christ. 
They never would have done that. I remember stopping, I shared it before, I stopped in a truck stop one time, and I was early in the ministry, and, and uh, um, so I was getting some parts, and I stopped into this truck stop, and they had what I needed, and, and one of our men was there, and he had a big old fat cigar in his hand, and, and uh, he saw me, and he was trying to get rid of that cigar, and he couldn't put it in his pocket, because obviously, it, you know, so he's got that, and he puts it around, and, uh, oh, yeah, Stan, how are you? And he starts talking. He's hoping I never noticed his cigar. Well, you know what? That cigar doesn't affect me one bit. Why, why are you so concerned about that cigar? Because I could see it. He forgot that the presence of Christ was there. When you leave here, you're never alone. He's there, and he cares about you. And it ought to affect our behavior because we are walking with the Lord, the person of Christ, the presence of Christ. And then this is where it gets difficult, is the path of Christ. Did you ever go through anything in your life you did not want to do? Did you ever have any situation you were in that you couldn't figure out how you got there and you didn't know how you were going to get out of it and you were wondering, will this ever end? See, that could be the path that Christ has called you to walk on. It's possible. I know from experience at almost 62 years old that I have lived through some things that I never would have chosen. But... There's a verse in the Bible that says that you'll hear a voice from behind you that says, this is the path, walk ye in it. And every now and then the Lord is going to ask you to walk a path that he is leading you on that is going to test everything that you know about him, about life, about experience. And you're going to wonder, how in the world am I going to get through this? And when will the pain stop? And you will be praying, how long? How long? How long? The person of Christ, the presence of Christ, the path of Christ. I want you to know living for Jesus Christ, walking with him is the greatest joy I've ever experienced. I absolutely love the Christian life. I want you to know that you do, if you do not know Christ as your personal Savior, you are missing out on the greatest life. And Satan is lying to you, telling you, oh, no, it's no fun. That's the no fun crowd. The, Satan doesn't know fun because he's, he's so steeped in sin. He's clueless, and he's a liar. I want you to know following Christ is the most joyful, fulfilling, satisfying walk that you could ever go on. But I also will tell you this. If someone says once you meet Christ, your problems are over, I want you to know once you meet Christ, there's a chance your problems have just started. But you are walking with the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're walking with someone that can handle anything that you go through. You're walking with someone that is all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing. There is zero chance he can make a mistake. He has never been wrong. Nothing has ever just occurred to him. He's not slapping his forehead and saying, man, I never thought of that. He's got you covered. He's got this. Don't you forget that. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways, walk with him. In all your ways, stick with him. And he will direct your path. 
Stan, I want to sign up for walking with the Lord. Then recognize his person, Jesus Christ. He died and rose again for you. Trust him as your Savior. Don't forget he is ever present with you. That'll affect how you act and talk and live. And then, hang on. There's going to be some times when you're on the roller coaster and you're just, man, this is so good. And then you're going to get into the valley and you're going to think, how will this end? I'll tell you how it'll end. It'll end in the presence of God Almighty. When he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. (laughs) 